Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Hi, this is Ben Dominich, the host of the Federalist Radio Hour. We're a daily show coming to you five days a week from Washington, D.C., where we interview our nation's top journalists, politicians, authors, chefs, economists, entertainers, and more. If you're looking for a contrarian discussion on news, politics, or culture, give us a listen and subscribe at podcastone.com, the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. Hey, this is Dr. Drew Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hey, again, be a part of the Swingin' Sounds. Support uh, Chris Maxipata, the Swingin' Sounds. Hey. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Support the people who support the podcast. And let me get right to my guest, Eliza Schlesinger. Hi. How are you? I'm good. So I'm having this weird well, reaction. And probably the reason I screwed up the intro of the show is I drank a gigantic venti like coffee yeah. after having two other cups of coffee oh. and then graduated to a Diet Coke. And I'm having like pre-panic attack, kind of weird jitter. Yeah. Look, look at my hand. I'm jittering. That is it's not good insane. for a doctor. It's insane that I let are myself Are you tired? Is that you were just trying to stay up? I, I was trying to, well, I was doing some podcasts with Adam, and I was having trouble sort of staying focused on him, and he insists on absolute <laughs> focus on him. So I thought, so I thought eh, if I have a little coffee, I'll be fine. And, and then they did a Starbucks run. I said, well, give me a venti. When someone's right. doing a run. Yeah. Even and, if you don't want it. That's right. And so I could have gone for like a, something easy, a latte or something, but now I go for the full venti, like mm-hmm. red eye or black eye. You ever had those? <laughs> not Do you know a, what those not, are? No. What is it? It's a regular gigantic coffee with one or two shots of espresso in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had that. No I big didn't deal. call it a black eye. No big deal. I call, uh, it, I call it a fucking panic attack. Anyway, the book is the <laughs> Girl Logic, the Genius, and the Absurdity. It's available now on Amazon. I I love the idea of this book. I've not you. read it yet. I'm going to read it. You're going to tell me a little bit about it. Yes. You've always been very outspoken and very great. Um, very great. No, you've been great. You're my favorite. You know that. But but Thank I mean, you. you're, you're, the stuff you're talking about male and women, I think, is is courageous and real. Thank you. A- and there's stuff in the way women think and the way men think that, that just need to be understood. Like, like, like recently, the um, – oh, man, I'm having a panic attack while I'm talking to you. It's weird. Maybe it's you. Um, I, I induce this. Oh, by freezing hot is her new uh, stand up again. No, it's confirmed kills. No, confirmed kills. That's what I, that's what I meant. That's okay. I'm here. Liza. <laughs> One of us showed up. <laughs> Ilizaa.com at Eliza. Um, but I was uh, I'm forgetting her name right now because I'm actually going to I'm going to see her tomorrow. Actually, of all weird things, but she was one of the victims of Harvey Weinstein. Well, she that's the, that's a long list. Yeah, and she's a she's a friend of mine. And uh, why can't I remember her name? Help me with this. She's a Fox News reporter here locally. Megyn Kelly? No. Oh, locally? No, no. I don't know. Yeah, locally. And um, she, anyway, she started, descri- I was talking to her about what happened to her, and she started describing it. I went, oh, that's not, that's not a male experience, what happened to you there. That's a, that, and I, and I as a male need to be very sensitive to what you were experiencing, which was, the, she had a freeze response. Everyone was like, why didn't you kick him in the nuts? Why didn't you run past him? And she goes, right. she goes no, three things happened. I f- it was a poorly defined situation, so I was trying to understand it. Like what trying is he, to suss it out. You know, what's as he it's doing? Happening. He's masturbating into a pot. Oh, what? Am I really seeing this? Yeah. So uh, a- I don't even want to see a hot guy masturbate. <laughs> Just you going on record. I don't. Right. I get that. I don't even want and, to watch myself. And, uh, okay. I'm just yes, saying. Lawrence Savant. Lawrence Savant is my friend. Lawrence okay. Savant is a reporter here, and she was one of the. She, and she told us about this like 18 months ago. Like, yeah. You tell people. She goes like, it's he said, she said, nobody witnessed it and all this stuff. I hate that term. Yeah. 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 And so anyway, she she's now quite public about it. And is, She had the infamous potted plant story. Yeah, she had the potted ah, plant story. Ah, she's that one. Yeah, she's that one. And But she she was telling me, she goes like, I froze. 
I, I couldn't, I didn't, and he was 300 pounds and I'm 100 pounds. And what am I supposed to he do? How am I going to fight? The, yeah. Right. How am I going to fight that? I couldn't understand the situation. And then she did something that only women do, which is she started not blaming herself, but assessing how she got herself into this. After. And even during. Like, she what, said, did, what I did I do? do? What sure, did I do? What did I do? And that's a uniquely female sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, look, I haven't gone through anything with Harvey Weinstein and I'm not, um, I'm not going to pretend to come from a place. I mean, all women have dealt with this on some level, which yeah. is why this is so insane. Um, and it's been normalized, you know? So the book sort of gives credence to the way that women have to think about things. We, we explode things open and we analyze things. But you take it on, which is like, to me, a heartbreaking in a weird way. It's like this asshole was just masturbating in a plant. That has nothing to do with you. You were a victim, right. a bystander. And yet even as a bystander, you're like, what did I do? How did I get down here? What did I do to, think, to make this guy think he could do this? It's all my fault. It's like, right. no, it's not it's your tough. fault. I think that you're hitting it on the head. You're always like, what did I do? And that's even in dating, in everyday interactions. Like, what did I do to let you know that that was okay? And the answer truly is nothing. These are insane people, particularly in show business. Uh. I... My first, one of my first experiences with men in stand-up, I walked into a green room. I'm not going to say the comic because no one knows who he is or cares. I walked in and he said something disgusting about my body for no re- – unprompted. And I just looked at him and he goes, welcome to the jungle. Yeah. And now he writes shitty jokes on a show nobody watches. But I have to like see this guy once in a while. He has no idea that was me Like who said it. Like It was like your mother raised you to speak to a woman that way. There's a weird thing that happened. My point was I did nothing. In the last 30 years, which is that we raised men to believe that they are – that because of the idea of equality in the workplace and that equality of opportunity. they're beyond reproach. No, no. That they're oh. the same. Women are the same as us. They want oh. things the same. They think the same. They want sex the same. And so therefore, we can treat women just like we treat our male counterparts and they're the same. I think – I really do think that part of it, you know, so you want to be treated the same, right? You, you don't, though. You no, want no, to be no, treated. You don't. In yeah. theory, you know, you want to get paid the same. You, you want, want to not be treated. You want You but want to be treated with respect as a human being, and you want to be respected as unique, and you're having your own experiences. These are and, all sort of utopian yes, thoughts, and I think before it can like before this pendulum can get back to the middle, mm. it's got to swing so far the other way. So you have this whole generation of women. I'm including that generation. You're like, I can be just like the guys. I can drink like the guys. I can fuck like the guys. I can be like them because you're trying to say, respect me. I'm just like one of you. But at the end of the day, we are not just like you. All we're asking is that you don't rape us <laughs> when we're alone. All we're asking is that you don't completely um, uh, objectify us when we walk into a room. And it's you almost have to overshoot just to get it Pull it back. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the the uh, you might oh, Chris is not there anymore. You might you might enjoy a book called A Return to Modesty. It was written in the nineties by a Williams College graduate, saying that women have other it would sources, be a Williams College graduate <laughs> other sources of power than being like a man. That there are uh-huh. other ways to to empower women than just being a male in a skirt. Well, one of the chapters in my book is about being a guy's girl, yeah. and it's about sort of the power uh, and the objective that a lot of women have you want to be a guy's girl because you want to be surrounded by men you want men to uh you want to be the only girl in a group of guys and that's something that it's a very naive you idea you want to be that when you're younger oh. you hear a lot of girls in their 20s and i was that girl not i think when you're a stand-up it's a little different because you're so surrounded by men but you know a lot of times there's a power in being the only girl you stand out whether it's on a lineup of all-male comics or if you're the only female sportscaster or the only woman in like a bullpen, whatever it is, you stand out and it's like, yeah, that's, that's our girl. Um, and what that 
teaches women is like, oh, yeah, I don't want any other women on my turf because I don't want to compete. Because if you're just the only girl, then you're resting on the laurels of I'm the only girl. Well, now you have in, in some of your stand up, you bring you, you come at various ways how women treat women. Yeah. Which is something that people are very not very honest and forthcoming about. No, they're it, not. Yeah. And, and it starts at age 12. Mm hmm. Exactly. Like, a, like boom, H12, something turns on where women really start attacking and colluding and shaming and ostracizing mm -hmm. other women and in a way that I wish they'd stop. And I understand, you know, it's embedded in our primate heritage. Do you know this? I would imagine it has to do with eggs. It, it is. It is. About <laughs> eggs. My eggs will get fertilized over yours. <laughs> it's about limited resource. My yeah. eggs. Yeah, it's about eggs. But it's also about um, how women exert power in a group. Which did is, we talk about this? Maybe we did. Yeah. We might have. It's, it's, You're it, like, I'm just did. seeing a black hole right now. Probably, no, we did. When you, I'm flashing out now. Yeah. When you came over to CNN and we did that. I remember yeah. you talking about this. Um, yeah. And I think we talked about the idea of if you shut out. Yes, maybe shunning. Shunning behavior. Shunning because then yeah. you can't get food. You can't get resources if we've shut you out. We've shut you out. You're going right. to be, you and your offspring are all going to be cast out into the brush. We don't want you in. Right. And, and you're dead. Yeah. You, you need social support to survive in the savannah. Yeah. And primates do that. Chimpanzees do and that. women do that. And I think, you know, it's so tough because how can we as feminists move forward? You, let, me, let, me not, let me not posit a question. Let me just make a statement. Yeah. We cannot as feminists and as a feminist movement move forward without including men. If you don't have men in feminism, then you just have a bunch of women yelling at each other. Just like if you don't have white people participating in Black Lives Matter, then you just have black people yeah. that want to be treated fairly. If white people don't listen, it's not a conversation. Um, so... You know, we ask for equality. We ask for all these things. And it's not women's fault. We are merely playing within the constructs that, that is, the construct that has been built for us. But we are not necessarily always kind to other women. And there is that, no, there's not enough to go around. And quite fucking frankly, there, always, there isn't. We love to uphold one woman at a time. We love pitting women against each other to see what happens. Why? I think men love to do it because they're hoping, I say this in the book, they're hoping that maybe they'll fight and maybe they'll kiss. I think yes, it's also and that's about it. A house divided. You know, if you turn them against each other, then they can't unite. Men? Yeah. Not always, but I also think it's easy. And they're playing on women's insecurity of, oh, if I don't fight, if I don't stand up for myself, there won't be anything left. When the truth is... There won't you, be anything less, left. Anything is, left in but, terms but of an on. opportunity. But again, any, any, won't be anything left is a uniquely female uh, thought right there. Boom. Right, well, because you're thinking about limited resources. Our, and our resources are limited. Yeah. Our uh, shelf life is societally defined. <laughs> You know, age 30, then you may as well kill yourself, they say. Uh, your eggs are limited. Your job, you know, depending on what you do for a living, maybe you're not fuckable. You're not castable. So we think about these things. I mean, I just the way that men look at age, I always think this is interesting. Men always want women to smile. But you know what smiling does? It makes wrinkles. Then you're old. So you're kind of fucked no matter what you do. Um, but there is that. And when you're actually, and I talk about this in the book, when you're genuinely confident like when you know that what you do is the best then you actually do want to surround yourself with other women who are great too yeah i don't believe in supporting a woman just because she's a woman i do believe it's merit-based and i think that is the way forward this bullshit hand-holding like she's a woman therefore you're not seeing it you're not seeing you're seeing women proud of other women for coming out but yeah. i've never i think in mass women need to judge other women by their merit because I think just upholding other woman because she's a woman just for the sake of it, 
I don't think that's the path forward. And and you were talking about men being liking younger women. Them liking younger women and them wanting to hang around with younger women is, is two different things. Okay. You know what I mean? Like like a guy that's constantly dating younger women. You, we, other men look at that guy and go, "All right, dude, come on." You know what I mean? It's like, eh. yeah, it's creepy. It, but we don't go, oh, right, right. You might, you might do something, you right. know, a high five. But you're also like, hey, come on. It's like because because I I know I want to be around people my at least close to my age. That's and I'm not that evolved. Right. You know, I'm not. And so it's just like that. It's if I were just hanging out with even thirty year olds, I'd be like, Ugh, what's the matter with me? Well, I don't think that typically lasts i mean you rarely meet it's like i'm 60 she's 20 we have we oh, really get along and this that. is gonna last forever yeah that is insanity right. insanity i'm not even sure i mean yeah any any guy that i literally and i'll never forget this i had a friend who was several years older than me and i was in my early 20s and he looked at me and he said women over 30 are useless who said this is this guy that i was friends with who is divorced and twice and not attractive but as a young woman hearing a man who was older say that to me like i think was he was he what was he saying what did he, he was mean? just saying like after that age i mean you're useless he's the point is, he's an insane person and that's insane I think that. But then again, women that, that that you build your own insecurities. I go, yeah, he's right. I know he's he must mean it. Even go, I, at twenty five, twenty six, I knew he was wrong. But the fact that he said that to me, as if I would never get to that age. Like, what am I supposed to do? Throw myself off a cliff after that? Wow. We say these things to women, and we have these messages that even the slightest thing can leave an indelible mark on our psyches, and you, we carry these things with us forever. And it's like, don't be so why do, fragile. Why do you listen to men? I didn't listen. He said it, and I heard it. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. I was I couldn't believe that he said that. I couldn't believe that he thought that was okay. I can't either, frankly. I, I, well, th- that he thought it was okay is different than that he said it. Because guys will because uh, guys it. think really gross things all the time. Yes, yeah, there is exactly, a difference because we all exactly. have crazy, horrible thoughts. Yes, but uttering it to another human. So uh, the reason I have your book open this page and holding it here is okay. that I, I'm fascinated that the first pictures are you and mom, and so I'm guessing that that. A relationship is that what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. this that relationship ex- explored in this book. Yeah, there's no subtext. It just I think we just they stuck that in there first. Okay, but that is the first picture in the book. But that is another big thing that men don't understand, which is the the mom daughter relationship. I just I sit and look at that with my wife, my daughter. And she goes, "What? Like what the hell is going? What is that? Oh, what is going on What's here? What is that? It, it is." And I talked to a psychiatrist friend of mine. He goes, <laughs> he's an old-time psychiatrist, and he goes, you know, he was, he was treating a lesbian couple, and he goes, you know, this really recreates the mother-daughter relationship, which, you know, this is that's the most intense relationship that humans can have. And I thought, oh, interesting. Oh. Uh, uh, so, and, it, and then yeah. I thought about it. I thought, it is a pretty intense thing. There's a lot packed Being a woman it. is an intense thing. Did you, did you, I don't know if you write about mom relationship in here or you get into that, but I, I'm looking for you for that because some of that is recapitulated in the relationship with other women. Recapitulated. Uh, you know, it's, I had a great example of a woman. Well, where'd up. you grow up? Let's I'm get from into Dallas. It. Okay. And my mom's from New York. And my parents were, were from New York. Were, were they together the whole time? They broke, they divorced, broke up. <laughs> that sounds like they were in a band. They got divorced mm-hmm. when I was seven. Uh, well, there's part. Why? Do we know? Why did they get divorced? Yeah. Uh, Do we know? Eh, just personality clashing. Maybe my dad, you know, but this is not, this is not a, I don't think the book has much to do. I mean, I'm sure everything has to do with parental issues, but in the book, I had a very good example of how to act as a woman coming mm-hmm. from my mother. There's a lot in there about her becoming a single woman and me watching the way other women treated her. 
Um, and I also watched the way that my mother always treated women. You know, I think it's a learned behavior to be a fucking bitch. And I think we learn it from our mother sometimes. You know, the little things you put out there. And my mother never put down other women. If another woman was beautiful, she'd always be like, oh, and where's your friend's beautiful mother? And she would like fell over how beautiful she was. And my mom was beautiful, is beautiful. So I never was taught to look at other women with jealousy. I love attractive friends. I hope if I stand next to them, I'll absorb some of that. Like, it's just, I never, I didn't learn from example to dislike other women based on the way they looked. Is that why you, you see some of that stuff? When That's why it's so glaring to you when you see other women behaving like that? I remember one, one of your stand-ups, I guess was the, I can't forget the names of them, but the, the, I think it was your first Netflix special where you were talking about Sheila. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like me. That voice and that name yes. is something I would choose. Um, but it's just something I've, I guess my mom was such a great example and I saw how shitty other women were to her and I've always seen how shitty women can be to each other and having felt that I always wanted I think I make my stand-up shows all inclusive because I know what it feels like to not be accepted and I always want girls to feel like they're welcome Mm. men too but uh, it is a painful thing I changed schools a lot growing up why Um, the first one I had to leave my nice private school because my parents got a divorce and then they sent me to like a school for like kids with learning differences, but I didn't really have one, so it was like a mistake. You were just depressed because your parents were broken. I wasn't up? depressed. I just didn't need to be there. Like a little bit of ADD, like any other normal kid. But like when I'm acing math classes, then you know I'm in the wrong school. And I was just like, this is these kids are dumb. So then I went to a pu- I went to a public school, and then that school filtered to another school, and then I changed to a nice private school for high school. So it was just a lot of shifting. All Not in Dallas. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. You know, you're always having to kind of be like, who's my new group? What am I doing? And through that, uh, the book talks about, you know, using humor to attract really any friend that would have you. But it was a lot of guys because they're like, oh, this girl's funny. Girl, little girls didn't necessarily know how to process it. Right. And boys were like, well, they, oh, she they, said something. Well, guys like teasing. Women hate teasing. Teasing. And I was very smart and quick. And, yeah. and these weren't like hot dudes. These were just like whoever. I would just take yeah. whoever. And these were my buddies. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as you get older, like sexuality becomes a thing. And it's funny. Everyone's always like, oh, you've got guy friends and they want to fuck you. I'm like, you know what? Maybe at first. But if you've been my friend for this long, we've been through this much. If I've employed you at one point, like the sexuality gets taken out of it. Right. And even if they still had that or have it, it's marginalized. It's an, and yeah. they're, yeah. they're adults. Yeah, yeah. Um, but getting men's attention with sense of humor is something like, you know, I, I've always kind of relied on that, whether it's dating or just making friends and – it's good and bad, I guess. So, How's it bad? Well, it can be very threatening. It can be very threatening. You know, I work in an all-male industry, so I've definitely walked into green rooms where the com- – and this is a while ago, but – or even now, you walk in and men are intimidated, so they don't say hi. They don't shake your hand. You go on a radio show, and the DJ's a dick to you. you sure. Well, now, you use two examples. Some DJs are dicks. So some of them are very nice, but yeah, yeah some of them are dicks, in- so that's just their job. They're being – they're the professional dicks, some of them. And then comedians aren't the most socially adept individual no, necessarily. But I've been in like meetings. So. Like you can feel the vibe. You can see when a guy like kind of puffs up a little bit, or the way I'm. Very, I, I, I'm the reason I'm probing yeah. that because I'm. Su- I don't experience you that way at all. So I'm surprised that you're very confident. You. You're you're very secure in who you are. The, my fiance is very secure in who he is. I've never dated a guy. I mean, for the most part, that wasn't secure in that. I seek out men that are very secure. But I'm surprised that you would threaten to the point that they would be shut down like oh that. Oh, my God. It takes so little. So little. It can be a joke, a thing, and then they get very prickly. And that's not well, all men. Prickly, I get, but shut down and not say hi to you and stuff. That, to me, that's Oh, like, my God. 
No, because oh, it's so like, weird. I think it comes from an insecurity. They're afraid like, or they don't know what to say. Or maybe they're a fan or maybe they're like, fuck her. She's successful. I don't want to talk to her. That and sounds wh- more like comedians. What I've learned to navigate through this is like I just walk up and I be the fucking homecoming queen that you think I am, which I'm not. I walk right up. Hi. How are you? know, You give them a chance to be a person. Sure. That's good. Um, just being a bigger man. I'm being <laughs> a bigger man. So- it's true. Uh, you'll see it with fans sometimes. Every once in a while you'll get like a guy that brought his girlfriend. I feel like I've said this before, but – when you're on stage and you're making someone laugh, there's, no. you know, like when a man can make a woman laugh, like women are attracted to men who can do that. That's yes. why ugly comics have hot girlfriends. Yeah. So if I'm on stage and I'm making your girlfriend laugh, I've seen men after that will give me like an extra hard handshake or that will say something shitty. And this is not always. I've got great fans. But what it comes from is that like I just spent the last hour fucking his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I see. And and do you, and do you on social media do you get get some do you, do you find that miserable or is that supportive for you? I have a pretty decent I have a pretty decent experience. Like we've all been on God, Twitter, hate, oh, which is a garbage fire. Ugh. Instagram's a whole other world, and yeah, there's plain people, but it's I have really great fans, and a lot of them are men. And uh, you know, you just kind of weed out the shitty ones, and anybody you know, it's it, that also just all of that doesn't matter. But these are things that women have to deal with. Are Male insecurities, and you get this in dating. Like, if you make a guy feel bad, you don't know how he's going to react. We have to take into account male insecurity because exacting revenge is a very real part of uh, a female experience. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. A lot of times, that is not the case. People configure cars online only later to find out they are not available. Not with True Car. Of course, I'm talking about True Car. You get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. Yeah, you know, and we talk about all the time. Using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. Next, True Car. TrueCar.com or True Car app will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. Over 3,000 True Car Certified Dealers are available nationwide. You will get to work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer that you may contact with. And True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster, better buying experience when they contact a True Car Certified Dealer. And on average, you can expect to save over $3,000 off MSRP. Once you register, you'll see a real price on actual inventory. Hook up with that TrueCar certified dealer. Have a better buying experience. TrueCar, go to the TrueCar.com or TrueCar app. Do what I'm telling you. I want to tell you about Health IQ. They use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for the health conscious people. It includes runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. These savings are exclusive to Health IQ. Health IQ can help save our customers up to 33% because, of course, physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and a 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. They maintain their weight more appropriately in a more appropriate range, and they are, of course, training their cardiovascular system. This is from a study done by Warburton et al. in 2006. It's like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, right? Makes sense. Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. All you got to do is go to 
Health IQ, H E A L T H I Q dot com slash Drew. Makes perfect sense. It's an insurance company that helps the health conscious people like yourself, renters, cyclists, weightlifters, vegans, vegetarians, helps you guys get lower rates on your life insurance. All you got to do is go to healthiq.com slash Drew. Check it out. See if you qualify. What do you got to lose? Check it out. Healthiq.com slash Drew. I want to go back to your family of origin and talk about your dad. He's a financial planner. Is that right? And you still have a good relationship with him. Yeah. And when they split, did you were you able to maintain time with him? And no, my fa- my dad moved away. My dad moved away um, to Connecticut oh, uh, for his rough. job. Ugh. Maybe that's why they split. I he, remember go- I was on your show last time, and I remember leaving I feeling like I didn't want to do all that. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do the work today. Uh, you don't want to talk at all that. That's fine. <laughs> oh, we don't have to at all. No, I, because here's why. Because I think it's a trope to be like, oh, girl with dad issues. We all got issues. We've all got dad issues. I just, I so desperately don't want to paint myself as anything special in the missing father realm. Like everything, you know, we've had our ups and our downs, but mm. I you're, think you're we, good with them now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, especially men in our society, we love the idea of like, oh, you got daddy issues. No wonder you're fucked up. And that's like a thing that we apply to a lot of women. Mm. Um, well, I don't experience you as fucked up or, no, or but so. So that's just good. getting out ahead of it, folks. Okay, good. I, and nor nor am I one to. I, I don't consider it. If you blame your parents, you're just creating more victims and more. As an adult, sure. yeah. It, but to understand ourselves through whatever and however we acted, and then sort of got set into our personality, our psyche. There's lots I, of that. I, sure, I, I understand that. I mean, I like to understand that stuff. Um, so okay, they split up, and you stay with your mom. And did, did your did your dad did they split up because of that uh, him needing to go to Connecticut? Do you think? No, no. Oh God, okay. that was way later. Okay, split up because you know personality conflict. Whatever, you grow apart. Yeah, it's two alphas that didn't connect. It was not somebody cheating or that kind of thing. No. Yeah. Um, and then my dad got remarried and moved to Connecticut, and it was my mom and my brother and me. What's your brother doing now? He owns a medical marijuana farm. Or marijuana wow. farm, I guess, in Northern California. Wow. Built it all business. with his bare hands. Yeah. We're um we're happy for him. We're happy that he's alive. <laughs> uh oh. No, he's fine. Uh-oh. He's fine. No, he's fine. Um but yeah, so it was that and so it was my it was interesting because I watched the way other people treated my mom and our family and it went from we had a family to we have this like amputated family mm. and there's a story in the book about we're at my brother's soccer game, and here's my mom. She's got a job, you know, educated woman. It's not like she was sweeping floors, but yeah. she has a job, and, you know, you still want to be there for both of your kids. And we were at a soccer game, and my mother fell. She fell down some bleachers, and she skinned – she still has oh, the scar – the entire front of her shin. And These none of the pictures. moms – The pictures in this book are awesome. They have good pictures. They're hysterical. And none of the moms helped my mom. She just sat there crying. My mom has no tolerance for pain. What is with that? None of the moms – she remembers that. Weird. Eventually, some woman came over, and what my brother remembered, he was two years younger than me, that later that night, he said, how come none of the dads helped you? Because mm-hmm. it was like, maybe it's because we were Jewish, or maybe it's because you're the single one, but it's like, ugh, there's that woman, and her, who knows? But there was like no humanity in like Plano, Texas in the 90s. It's very bizarre. And I remember that. And I remember thinking that nobody cared. So, that's shitty. And where's your mom now? She's still in Texas? Uh, she, they live in Florida. Her and my stepdad. That's nice. So she got remarried and everything's good with her. When I was 14, yeah. This, this book looks so good. Do you, do you use some of this in the stand-up too? You know, it's funny. I started writing this book about a year ago. Yeah. So some of the jokes 
that are in my old special are in this. So people are like, yeah, they're your old jokes. I'm like, yeah, it took me a year to write this book. I've got other shit to do. So there's themes, but these are kind of earnest stories that are funny. But It also seems like a, a little bit of a how-to on dating. There's a, definitely a couple chapters and yeah. just kind of getting around some of the bullshit uh, and things like that. I just think texting is the biggest enemy to dating. And I'm single because I eat my couch cushions and make horse noises during sex. Well, I think you got that. You've taken that out of context, <laughs> doctor. I think you. I think I did too. Uh, and people can get this at Amazon and get the usual places, right? I'd like it. Uh, I'd love it if they pre-ordered it. Oh, it's pre-ordered now. Okay, please pre-order it now because it's out. Everybody, go do it. Oh, it's out. It's out. Time of this. It's out now. Okay, it's out now. We're way ahead. Okay, sorry, I should have told you that. It's in the future. Yep, it's on Amazon. It's great. Are you on the road a lot now, or what's life like now? What's what's going on? When is this coming out? When is this out? I just want to make sure I get the right time. Few weeks. It'll it'll be out. Uh, okay. Then I I am on the road. Uh, I'm doing. But I mean, what's your life like now? I mean, is it is it changing? Is it different than the last time we were together? Is it is uh, it fiance? That seems new. The uh, it it's uh, new compared to the last time we were together. Yeah. We're getting married in May. Congratulations. Thank you. But before we get married, I will do another Netflix taping. I will go on a USO tour. I will go on a European tour. A USO tour. Where's where do you have to go to weird places? Yeah, but you don't know till you go. Oh my god. It'll be um. I can't say anything. I, mean, else I don't about know, it. or you don't know. I don't know. Oh. I did one a couple years ago. I did it over. It's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Christmas tour. So I did it a couple years ago with the chairman at the time, Martin Dempsey. Excuse me. And uh, so you go to like Afghanistan. And Can you ever film that stuff? I'm sure I could film I some. L- I'd have to like. I'd love to see it with the truth. It'd be fantastic. Oh, it's cool. And we, they make us like little books and it's fun. But you don't know. You go, to, you go to Washington and you go to the air base and you get on a plane that looks like Air Force One. Going somewhere. And they tell you then because they can't. Can can't. you take your fiance with you? Or you... I can take a guest. Okay, good. Uh, I'm not taking him. Oh, um, how dare you? He's got work and he's, I think Christmas would be nice with his family. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to go alone. Too. There's other people, and does he want to go? I don't even. Th- I think it's just not a possibility. Um, oh, what's he do for a living? He's a chef. Okay, and uh, it's just like a lot. It's a that's ten a, day that's tour. A cool job. Yeah. Um, How'd you guys meet? On a dating app called Raya. It's a celebrity. Raya's dating a celebrity app. dating thing. Yeah. Ah, cool. He's not man. a celebrity, and I barely am. So. How did he get? <laughs> well, I see you got on there. How did he get on there? How did he get on? I'll tell you how. Because <laughs> dating apps need men, not women. Oh. So, like, he had a friend that was like, why don't you come on here? Like, you're a good-looking guy. You're cool. Most of the people on there aren't celebrities. None of the people I dated were celebrities. They just kind of wait. Like, you don't want to be dating your Uber driver. It's not your sponsor, is it? But no. So. How, how, do you, how do you get on right? Is it a, you have to apply. But, I mean, is it like an interview or a – uh, I think you just apply. I don't remember. At the time, I, someone asked me to be on it. Like, I knew someone. But I think you apply. I think it's based on an algorithm about how many people follow you versus how many you follow. And on, it does – like Twitter? No, on sorry, on Instagram. It oh, links through uh, there. Instagram. You have to have a real profile. Yeah. Wow. Mm, and that was it. So. Oh, so it's a bunch of Instagram models, that kind of thing. There's a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot of like 19-year-old models from Minsk. And you're like, cool. <laughs> from Minsk. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. And like Terry Hatcher <laughs> is on there. Um, I don't remember seeing any male celebrities on there. So. Oh, I know they're on there. I've heard. Of, I've, that's only I've heard of only males being on there. That's all I've heard about. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But we met on there and it was just pretty much a done deal. And so, yeah, I'm just on tour. I just did a late night show and we're trying to find a new home for it. I've written a couple of scripts that hopefully in the next couple of weeks are going to shake out into Who, some sort of – How the Freeform show go? Uh, I really enjoyed it and yeah. I was very grateful that I got to make six episodes of an idea of a show that I wanted. Um, and we're going to 
push forward and try to find another home. Is that the late night thing? Yeah. Same same idea. It can never be the exact same, but yeah, I yeah. think same I'm, idea. I, I'm I'm the one constant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, it's your late night show. It was good. Where, where do you think that'll end up? I don't know. We're finding out. We're taking meetings. Netflix, it's has, an, Netflix has a new slot. Netflix does have a new <laughs> slot, but uh, it's an endless just gauntlet. Just you have to run full speed and uh, at at a bunch of hurdles, and there's no finish line in sight. Are Are you happy? I'm happy when I'm working. Yeah. You work, um, you workaholic? I don't know. What does that mean? Um, you let other things really dwindle or wither. What other things are there? Well, relationships, Mm-mm. nutrition, exercise, your dog. No. Is your dog going with you to Afghanistan or wherever you end up? She can't go with me on that, but no. she'll go on the tour around the country. I don't think a workaholic as much as I just really am not happy unless things are moving forward. Yes. I I can relate to that strongly. Sure. When the yeah. show, we wrapped I think our show. That's, that's, I think that's a little piece of workaholism that need to be growing and moving all the time. But yeah. It, but it doesn't ha- it's not consuming. I, I've been a severe workaholic and I've been a mild workaholic. And, uh, yeah. I the, think it depends on the project. Yeah. And I think it depends like when there is nothing that need to create stuff, which is an asset, but it can also, when the phone isn't ringing, like just the darkest thoughts, like this summer was just brutal because the tour hadn't started yet. Uh, I wasn't sure when my next Netflix special was going to tape. We had wrapped the late night show. We didn't know where that was going. So, and it's the summer anyway, so it's slow. Are you aware that they at one point were going to put us together in the freeform thing? Or no. Or going to try to do something? Because I've got a, a deal over I'm there completely too. Completely unaware. Uh, and they, I was like, well, I'll, I'll, sure, I'll do Eliza in a second. But then I think they wanted you by yourself. And I was yeah. like, still, if you guys want to do something, I'm bring her back. I'd happily do something. We Eliza. can have a conversation offline right. <laughs> about how I feel. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I that, did not that, know that. That uh, was something that, that came up for me. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Well, but I, I think they, they want separate things over there for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it's just uh, – so it's I just really enjoy – and the person I'm dating, and I wish women would get this. Like, your has, fi- it's your fiance. My fiance, so, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're right. dating. It's Sorry, your, so you're getting married. The man I'm going to spend my life with um, uh, is very – accepting isn't the word because that makes it sound like, yeah, I prefer you not. From day one has come to every show. And I, that will die out. And so it's he admires funny. your work. He, he admires, admires it. Work. I think he likes going. He loves comedy. So he gets to meet the other comics. Like that's a cool thing for a dude to be like, oh, I just met Joe Rogan. Oh, I just saw, you know, Sebastian go up or any that's of these guys. Deal. It's cool. And they, he listens to the podcast anyway. Well, comedians have become weirdly like the new rock stars. For sure. Yeah. And at the comedy store, like that's our turf. And, yeah. you know, for a fan of it already, he's not like weird or anything, but they know him. And I think that there's something cool to that. They and know him because of you or they know him because, because of, of me. Should we go go to his restaurant? Uh, you can. What's his restaurant? No, I can't. You can't? I don't, I don't use his name. Oh. Oh. Well, um, you tell me after so I can go to his restaurant. Sure. And okay. you can, I'll, I'll let him know you're going. Yeah. But he's been so supportive of it. And like the other night he was like, do you want me to go to your show? And I didn't, I was trying to say it in like the least, uh, uh, like spiny way. I was like, you can come or not I'm going like this train is going if you want to get on that's awesome if not I'm still going like I'm still doing my job so like you don't want to make someone feel bad he's like you want me to come you would like it if I came huh I'm like I don't give a fuck I've been doing this every night by myself for 10 years dates or no dates boyfriend no boyfriend whatever great and so he does like to come he comes on the road do Um, you love it I do love him no do you love work I love I hate everything about this business Except for your show and <laughs> the moment I walk on stage to the moment I walk off. Everything, that's what I love. Yeah. Everything else is just superfluous garbage. 
Well, New Year's is coming up. Everyone's trying to set their new resolutions, but um, you may not know exactly what you need to do or what's best for you to do. Well, there is now a way to target your genetics and your genetic traits to deliver programs that are built just for you. So I keep doing a workout or a diet plan that you're just sort of guessing is right. Go to Fitness Genes. It's an ultimate personalized fitness program, and it's built for you and your genetic profile. It's a DNA analysis kit plus one of these goal-based genetically optimized training system, either losing weight, building muscle, or getting fit. Order the DNA analysis kit, 20% off using the promo code DREW. You can add a training system later if you want. Check out what is appropriate for you. Leverage your genetics to make the most out of your diet and exercise choices. You could be sabotaging your success. It could be your genes. It could be your genetic profile. It could be your biology that makes it so difficult for you to respond to whatever program you've randomly chosen or you think is one that you're more likely to enjoy. But how about the one that's just right for you? Things like drinking the right kind of coffee and at the right time of day, exercising at the optimal time. Genetically, are you lactose intolerant? Are you unnecessarily cutting too many carbs and neglecting the healthy fat intake? Thank you, Vinny. These are just a few of the insights that you will gain at the Fitness Genes Analysis. Get the results in just four weeks. Spit saliva in a collection capsule. Mail it back. Designed by a team of geneticists and doctors. Order now and compare your results. Find out by searching Fitness Gene and Dr. Dan on Facebook. Follow them at Fitness Genes or at Dan Reardon, R-E-A-R-D-O-N. Check them out. Look into it. Fitness Genes. It's an interesting program, and it may be exactly what you need to get success in either losing weight, building muscle, or getting fit. Again, it is Fitness Genes, G-E-N-E-S, Fitness Genes. Do you know what I don't know is, is your very first sort of how you fell in love with comedy. How'd that happen oh, to you? so boring. Well, okay, okay. Oh, don't, then, please don't make me. Then don't. It was That's a funny fine. kid. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, funny. I mean, I, I guess what I was, you know, did you have any like hooked moment where you walked out on stage like I was hooked and that was that? It's such a bullshit story. Okay, then don't tell me. No, no, but I'll just say like. A lot of comics are, I think, more like this. Like, I was always funny. You were always funny. That was yeah. always your thing. In school, when they'd be like, you can write a report, make a diorama, or do a skit. I'm like, I'm making a skit. I'm doing a video. Just the need to perform. And, you know, I feel very comfortable on a stage. And I feel very comfortable pontificating and just taking an idea and talking. I don't care about... I, I ran... I'm going to do James Corden on Halloween. I don't know when this... I will have done James Corden by yes. the time this airs. Yes. So I was running it last night. And I, I popped into the comedy store during... This time of night where uh, like open micers kind of get up and yeah. friends and family showing five minutes and I got on stage and it's you could tell where the comics are sitting, you know, and they're all like relatively new. And I got on stage. I was like, I and this is definitely not my time running a late night set. I was like, I'm going to run my late night set uh, to the audience. Pretend that I'm on James Corden to the comics. You're not going to laugh anyway. <laughs> I don't care if you do. The jokes are staying because it's just I don't know. You kind of just get used to it. Um, I forgot where that was going, but. Uh, I do about love why doing you fell, yeah how you fell in love with it and, and and you love your boyfriend you love your fiance that's good is a f- a family thing is that part of the deal a kids? family thing kids guess we could have kids is that something you want to do it's funny I was thinking about this because this is in the special I'd like to have kids but it's also something I never questioned like I had you know I grew like, up in the suburbs like, like would I have kids you know yeah I was like you get married you have a, a kid it was never something that tugged at my heartstring especially in your twenties like you see a baby and you're like please don't be sitting next to me on a plane. And I was in the airport the other day, and there's a baby, and he had his little chubby baby leg hanging out. And I went up to the mom, and I was like, "Can I touch your baby's leg?" And I just squeezed it, like you, like your maternal instincts. You're, you're in. I was just I'm gonna squeeze that leg. So I definitely find myself being like, "Oh," but I also get annoyed at like shitty parents. I'm excited. I would be excited to be a mom just so I can have that perspective 
and judge have other that women. Experience. No. <laughs> have that ah. experience. Have that experience and be able to come from that oh, point of view. God, that mom judging thing is a whole other layer to this. I was with. I was talking to Heather McDonald on her podcast. Sorry, yeah. but I was. And I, she was I, Heather. Our good friends. I'm kidding. And, and now that I, I don't know if you've listened to the ones I've done with her. I've done a bunch, and uh, it's all about her brother and her sister. And, you know the craziness. That yeah, the brothers in She's prison. The youngest and, of several. Well, oh boy. But she. So anyway. she she was talking. She kind of. I said something about moms, and she kind of latched onto that. And I'm very careful to not give opinions about things that I don't, I can't speak. I would be annoyed if someone was talking about being a mother that wasn't a mother. All I can say is it seems like, unless someone's, unless you're beating your kid, it seems like we should all kind of let mothers mother the way that they want to. Like, unless the kid's in danger. Yeah. It's this constant, well, you're not the kind of mother I would be. Mm. And this trickles down to the way women, and I've dealt with this in social media and just with being a woman, women tend to get angry if you're not the exact woman they wanted you to be. Oh, you said one thing that hurt my fifis. Now I hate you. And yeah, it's that, like, that flipping, mm-hmm. the flipping, like I hate you now. I destroy you. Yeah. That, that's a weird thing. Yeah, and it's, we, you know, we have to, if we're going to be academic about this, you have to separate, okay, so I said one thing that upset you. So we're going to disregard my, my entire body of work because I hurt your feelings on this one day. Um, and we all do it. Well, you know, we do all do it. And I think we're more prone in these times. Oh. To, you know, the people are just very black Grab a and tweet. white. I hope you die because you said this one thing once. Yeah, we have to, and and then we then they have to destroy you, which is I I, I don't get that. By the way, I'm just thinking a lot of I, I have like girl women friends like Jen Kirkman's a friend of mine, the Heather McDonald friend of mine. Really, like, last time I, I you just did, Jen just did your podcast, I think. I, last time I heard Jen on another uh-huh. podcast, on your podcast, and that was uh, thoroughly entertaining. She's, uh, it was fun. I don't remember. It was so long ago, but yeah, I do it was a while like her. Ago. I was listening to it just recently. As I she's was funny. Like, oh, yeah, she's great, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Heather's great, and you're great. And I, I the, do you as women in comedy hang together? Uh, no, I mean Heather. Ver- I I, bear- I don't know Heather that but I mean, well. But I mean, but- I don't mean hang out together. I mean, do you support each other if you're? In the- you know, she invited me on her podcast. Yeah. Um, Jen came on mine, which is a supportive thing. You know, it's interesting. I uh, separate from them. I, you know, you get you write a book, so you reach out to anybody that you know personally, and you say, you know, I'm gonna send. I would love to send you a copy of my book. I'd love it if you'd support it. Um, and a lot of people wrote back, and then you can't help it, help it because there's definitely things that I ignore, but there are people who like just didn't write back, and I get it. And asking someone to read a book, I mean, you're a doctor, so you read a lot of books, but it's a pain in the ass. But you it's still can't. It's a pain can't- in the ass if you ask me to the forward. It's right. not a pain in the ass if poor Mayim Bialik. Right, it's not a pain in the ass if you ask me to do the blurb, and it's not a pain in the ass if you, it's an honor to do a blurb, and it's an honor to read your book and then talk to you about it. I mean, that's. that's I think. I think it. I don't. I, I wrote. I wrote uh, Doug Stanhope's forward. And and, and now and now look at you. I don't know. No, <laughs> it's coming out soon. Okay. We're, we're now best friends, but uh, we went from dire enemies to best friends. So it's I, good times. I I was lucky enough to get Mayim Bialik to write mine. Um, I was very sad for what happened with her in her New York Times article. Yeah, let's talk piece. about that. Yeah, yeah. Because she, that's she, another example of... Well, describe what happened. Because I know she, she did a whole like Instagram or Facebook thing to try to defend it. She defended it yeah. later on Facebook yeah. Live. She basically wrote this op-ed piece. Um, <gasps> do, I th- do I think it could have been worded better? And I love her. I love her so much. Perhaps. She's such a Perhaps? smart... Do I think it could have been worded better? Ah. Sorry. Uh, that was a fragment. Yeah. Um, but her whole point, you know, she was like, I dress modest and this is, you know... And, and I've never experienced this. I really think the essence of what she was saying was 
Be mindful of the fact that this is the playing field that we're on. Be mindful of the fact that even though you don't deserve to be treated a certain way, it will happen. And maybe by, by men or women or both. By men. Yeah. Um, I don't. And that's it. And people rather than, you know, look, you wrote a New York Times piece. People are going to latch onto it. But the vitriol that was spewed at her, this woman does nothing but champion women. She wrote a book. I moderated the panel for it at Barnes & Noble called Girling Up. It's for like young women to explain on a cellular level what's happening to your body and life as you get older. She has a blog called Grok Nation where she tirelessly defends women, her ethics, her, her feminism, and just the way people came down on her because everyone's so sensitive my heart broke because she's so not the one that deserved that. I, I agree with you. And I don't think, though, it, it affected her that much, did it? She uh, felt, it looked like she was pretty courageous through all that. She was. She did yeah. her thing, you know, and she she's not – you're not going to see her, like, spilling out of a car drunk on Hollywood Boulevard think, anyway. <laughs> but I think that that definitely – I think people are sort of locked and loaded with Maya because she's so smart. And she so has such strong opinions that they do feel a little mom judged by her, I think. And I have a feeling, a feeling that's why they were locked and loaded and looking for a reason to get angry. I think people are mom judged against women in general. I've had it happen to me. You know, you say one thing wrong and yeah. it's like, well, fuck you. Well, but she does – tells she has a lot of strong child-rearing opinions. She does. Right? She does it her way. But yeah. if there's one thing I know about her – is that she's the first one to be like, and that's the way I do it. Oh, if that's absolutely. not, but that but, nobody wants to hear that. Well, they don't hear that. They she just hear the always, judges. if you listen to her, and that's yeah. the way I do it. And if you don't do it, that's okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's interesting. I'm not going to say names. She was watching some stand up, and a stand up was talking about her own child rearing experience. And Mayim texted me, and she was like, I feel like this stand up hates me. She doesn't know me, but she is attacking everything that I. Stand for. Did she know that she was in the audience? No, no, no. It was like just watching it on TV. Oh, oh. And so it was interesting. So everyone feels – everyone's feeling attacked at all times. And, and was she, it another woman, the comedian? I'm not even going to say that because I don't want to okay, like okay. – But what was interesting was she was still able to say, but it's funny. She felt like the girl was diametrically opposed to her, but she was like, I like her. So I thought that was very big of her. That's good. Yeah, well, because that, that, she's so smart. She shouldn't – She's so smart and what was – she not calls to, you. She is very she's comedian, philosopher, performer, business force to be reckoned with. That's you. Uh, very small and she, LLC. And she, <laughs> but there's a little little statement here. I think that's pretty. Um, sorry, do you, you need me to? No, I picked at my arm. Now do I need to get bleeding. a suture. Is anyone a doctor? <laughs> yep. Apply pressure. That's all you got to do. Tissue. Can you can you help her? Anybody? The paper towel. It looks like look I cut like my arm. Yes. Shaving. Here you go. Thank you. Uh, your hurt. This is Maya. Your hurt, your fear, your loneliness will be remedied time and again with the laughter and the wisdom of a woman who will teach you to fight for yourself. Identification as a warrior. In other words, she says, "God help you if you can't find yourself in the pages of this book." God help you, you heathens. No, meaning that there's a lot of universal truth in what you're saying, and, and that's that's sort of the way I feel about your comedy. Like you're Thank very you. insightful, and and if it's you honest. don't. Well, it's honest, but it's also truthful. It's truthful, yeah. You know, and so to say, I don't. Dis- I disagree with Eliza. I think is like weird because you're just uh, you're just observing. Well, that's the other thing. You know, you can disagree with like life choices, but all I'm humbly offering is this is my life that I've lived. You know, and I tried to offer up some real experiences. I talk about an abortion that I had. I talk about uh, I had a nose job. You know, can't wait for people to find that one out. But whatever, like, who cared? Now I can finally like share pictures of when I was younger. Um, I talk about these things. I didn't even notice that difference. Let yeah, I feel like, like no one's noticing that see. in the book. I'm wondering if it's in there because everyone's like, it's dating advice. I'm like, there's so many vulnerable things in there. Um, <laughs> just trying to offer a couple of things. Not so much saying you should do this as much as I've done it. And guess what? Life goes on. 
Did you have a bump in your nose or something? I can't even see what the difference is. Uh, yeah, there's no pictures of me when I was a teenager in there. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well. And there's a reason for that. Uh, it was fine. It was a bump, and I didn't like it. And it was yeah. – the whole reason I bring it up was because – What's wrong with that? I, genu- well, I genuinely got it because I hated it so much. No one made fun What's of me. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Okay. But I go on later to say, you know, there's, there's plastic surgery and there's plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah. There's a bump because I hate this and I can't get past it. And then there's I want giant lips so it looks like I suck a lot of dicks. <laughs> I really no one gets lip sur- no one gets lip implants for any reason other than to look like to be sexual. Well, it, a it, nose is right. the least lips, sexual lips, thing. Lips and breasts. Lips is sort of a, a vaginal recreation. It's a vaginal. It's one hundred percent. Yeah, it's, big, it's a, wet, juicy. Yeah, pink, and, plump. And then lips. the and then the breasts are just sort of advertisement. Like, hey, here I am. And again, it's tough because I have big boobs, so it's hard for me to be like, don't do that. But don't act like. You're doing it for you. I say it in the book. Like, if there were no men, well, they're doing it f- right. They're doing it for them for men. <laughs> and then men criticize women for that. So it's really a a losing battle. But there's just things in the book that I pepper through it just to be like, look, my life wasn't all hand jobs and lollipops. Go get it. Like, like every life should be hand jobs and lollipops. Yeah, girl who's, logic. Who's getting that hand job? The genius and the absurdity. Go get it. I everybody hear my voice. Get it. Get it. Is it doctor it. endorsed? Doctor endorsed. Uh, let me read Mark Maron's comment. Liza not only has a way with words, she also has an observational intensity that pushes these words into your brain with comedic fury. Mark That's because Maron. I always bring him up on stage, and he's like, "Let's just take it down a notch." Like after I've gone on stage, because I'm like at a ten, and he is like a wise turtle. <laughs> I'm just like a hair that's all over the place, and. Wise Turtle finishes the race. All right. Get the Girl Logic. It's available on her website at uh, Eliza.com, I-L-I-Z-A. Yeah. Uh, the new Netflix special is up now. Oh. It's coming up soon. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Wait. You just told me the ne- name is not Freezing Hot. There's a new one coming up. It's out. It's Freezing Hot is out. Confirmed Kills was the last one. Confirmed Kills. And that's okay. been out for quite some time. And kills. the new one we're r- recording soon. All right. Excellent. <laughs> and... Uh, it's, I appreciate you coming in, and I hopefully we'll sell some books. I You're really like, I gotta it. go run around the block. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm still having this weird. My heart rate's about a one ten, and I'm having this weird semi panic attack thing. But of course, I've drunk diet coke the whole time, so, so it's I'm, better now. Yeah, way better. Way just better. more cancer. No, I don't know that because it's giving me cancer. It's just giving me more anxiety, more panic. I panic when I was a kid. I had panic and depression when I was like 19 Have you ever had a panic attack? Ugh, it's just awful. I don't. Would really... you say that more people think they're having panic attacks than they actually are? More pe- certainly, are, people are more aware of what they are and are more able to identify them as panic attacks. But I think more people are having sort of mild anxiety and calling a panic attack. Yeah. I felt all of yeah. 2017 was a slow burn panic attack. Yeah, it's just <laughs> high anxiety. That's all. <laughs> Liza Sessions, your get her book. I appreciate you being here, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. Drew.com.